Hello and welcome to Who Are You? This is the Babylon 5 Watchcast, hosted by two former strangers, now friends, who've gotten to know each other while rewatching a favorite show from their childhood, Babylon 5. I'm Jafer. And I'm Laura. And I put a full Frasier stank on that one. You really did. I was like, I have to meet this energy somehow. What am I going to do? <laughs> I tried to go nice and low, a little low and yeah. creamy. That's how it felt. Yeah. This is what happens when I'm recording pod back to back and I started the first one with some chamomile CBDT and now I'm just ready for bed. Mm. But I've got pod to do. So you get some dulcet tones this evening. They're very nice. It's a it's a great <laughs> space to be in for third space. Yes, it is neither the first space nor the second space, but no, some third unknown hair to third space <laughs> okay i'm just gonna well one i was just gonna get this out of the way now this is the dumbest name of anything in babylon 5 <laughs> i think some people would say that there's some stiff competition in there because it is babylon 5 <laughs> there there are some things that have dumb names in babylon 5 but this has to be the dumbest episode slash movie name it's just it feels so lazy like, you couldn't even bother coming up with a Zyper space, like with a hyperspace with a Z or something, because it was the 90s. Like, sure. no, it's just third space. Yeah, it's like we we know what hyperspace is, so we have a name for that, but this is just too hard. We just yeah. can't figure it out. It's, it's no so names. alien to us. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just slap a number on it instead of trying for a descriptor. Right. So I said this back in our coverage of season four's atonement, but this movie takes place in between the first and second scenes of that episode. Oh, I'm so glad you reminded me because I did not remember that. <laughs> it's the scene where Zach Allen is getting fitted for his army of light uniform. Okay. It takes place after that because he's in his army of light uniform in this movie. Yeah, definitely. But everything that happens in the rest of that episode happens after this movie wow <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah what a continuity note there right just really just that's the best thing i have to say about this movie <laughs> hey you texted me about this just straight up at the beginning about video quality so you're watching on voodoo is that correct no these are not available on voodoo Oh, okay. I watching? am watching, I want to say it's 360i video quality rips, which is below standard definition mm. uh, that I've had in a hard digital archive for probably 20 plus years. Okay. Okay. Um, I probably got this digital copy not long after its air date. Yeah. Well, so we were watching on iTunes, right? How we bought everything on iTunes. Uh, I don't think it was any better. <laughs> <laughs> it was notably bad. Yeah. Even in the opening, there were a lot of CGI effects in this one that I think there were was supposed more, to be good. There were more CGI shots in this movie than there were in the first season of Babylon 5. I believe that, yeah. I think they were supposed to be good and impressive, but they sure don't look that way now, at least not no. on our big TV. <laughs> no, it's 
like the season one CGI is rough. Mm-hmm. Infection, anyone? Yeah. Yeah. But you you can make do, especially when you're watching the HD remaster. At the very least, the lines are crisp, mm-hmm. which is a very nice way of saying they couldn't round polygons. But <laughs> this is just... Oh. Yeah. It, you just want to call it. Rough. Just put out the seven-minute episode. <laughs> we watched it. We promise. <laughs> Video quality bad, real bad, <laughs> real, real bad. I think I texted you and said it's like I'm watching on a potato. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's. It was bad. Yeah. I wonder if I tried this on like my laptop screen, if it would be a little make a little more sense but there were parts of it that i was just like nah man nah. but we'll get there maybe i could watch it on my phone it's a such a sadness that you think you've seen a film on your fucking telephone get real so we open at least with sheridan voiceover explaining where we are in time thanks thanks daddy sheridan yeah he gives us a warning next time no one's gonna survive it and I can't help but wonder if he's talking to me directly about finally watching this again. <laughs> Jafar has feelings, you guys. I don't always come at something with the hate. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I, if you were to ask me to name a single redeeming quality about this movie, I would struggle. Yeah, everybody has their thing. I think we can all just enjoy this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, if you, for the record, listener, listener, if I may, an aside to you, I'm looking into the camera now. If you enjoyed this movie, I'm happy for you. Truly. You should enjoy things. Things are meant to be enjoyed. That's why we live. I think that's the meaning of life is to make the most of it. And if the, the most of it for you is watching Babylon 5 Third Space, I hold you no grudge. I hold you no shame. I'm glad you have found your thing and it's Babylon five third space. I can't claim to understand your life. I don't, I never will, but I can be happy for you. And I am. If you enjoyed this movie, I'm just not among you. (laughs) Personal note from (laughs) Jafar. Hey, I liked Ivanova's cool helmet when we open up and they're like defending some rate, defending a, A starship from some raiders, this mm-hmm. thing that we seem to do a lot <laughs> as Babylon 5. Yeah, like, lots of raiders. Star Fury groups are always defending from raiders. Uh, she's got some some cool stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No, she's, she's got some cool stuff on her helmet. <laughs> it's good to know that the White Star Fleet is still in action. We didn't take a break between the uh, Shadow War and the Earth War because yeah. they hop in to save the day. And once again, I find myself asking the question. Who is running Babylon 5 exactly? Because right at I this think moment. It, yeah, at this moment, hasn't Garibaldi quit or has he gotten just very close to quitting? No, he's quit. If Zach's in the uniform, he's That's quit. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Which I think means Zach is running Babylon 5, which is terrifying to think about. Mm, yes, indeed. <laughs> Maybe they should just put Franklin in charge. Right. He might be. He's probably the senior officer, actually. Yeah, he's got um, I mean, rank on Zach for sure. They radio in and Corwin answers. So maybe Corwin's in charge. Yeah, how bad could he be? Right. 
got to be better than Zach. There's a little bit here that I want to talk about more than the line. Like, there's a throwaway line in uh-huh. this at the end of the scene, and I want to talk about it, it more Go. than the line. Yeah. So Sheridan, like Ivanova, tells these raiders that it's mm-hmm. seven hours to the nearest jump gate. Right. Okay. It's a fucking forever drive, seven, eight hours, whatever it was. And then Sheridan jumps in with the White Star fleet uh-huh. and then goes to escort them to the Drazi prison. And they all, the, the Star Furies just turn around and leave. Yeah. They have a seven hour flight to the nearest jump gate. Sheridan couldn't spend one White Star on prison escort duty to just get them home hours faster by just opening up the jump gate and taking them to Babylon 5. That is a great point. He had more than one white star there. There was a few. He he had like eight white stars and they already took out all of these dudes' weapons. Like they've posed no threat. You could send Uh, two white stars and it'd be overkill. And you're taking seven to escort these people and you can't uh spare one to save Ivanova, probably literally six to eight hours of her life. Mm-hmm. fucking rude well you know why we can't do that Jafar? because we need Ivanova to be alone when they find this the thing yeah the oh thing. yeah yeah if, this, if if we had done the logical move and saved time and been nice then the plot wouldn't have happened i suppose <laughs> <laughs> less plot less plot we yeah, got a time well, slot to fill here Jafar. oh this episode is aware it has a time <laughs> slot to fill of two hours it is cognizant of its situation in life but hey, and it is sad we had time for jokes Jafar. <laughs> there's jokes in this episode especially coming up back on babylon mm-hmm. 5 we've got lita yes uh, mediating a dispute it seems between two brothers one is convinced that his brother had an affair with his wife 20 years ago has estranged mm-hmm. himself from his entire family in this regard. The brother has maintained his innocence and he has finally decided to get a telepath involved. <laughs> yeah. On Babylon five of all places, like you could have done this like back at earth or an earth colony with a psychor commercial telepath at any point. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I got to imagine like there there have to be like telepaths who really like Maury who just do this for fun like oh yeah like there there are telepaths that were raised on Jerry Springer's descendant and 200 years doing a show Mm -hmm. and just fucking here for all of this type of content there are people who get their jollies this way you you have to be able to find a telepath who would do this for free yeah (laughs) yeah for sure there's not a small amount of them. We know that the telepath population is significantly larger than represented on screen based off mm-hmm. every statistic we ever hear about it. So you had to find one on Reddit or something who's all like, oh, you need me to know if your brother cheated on you? I got you. Just, don't. <laughs> just you know, just that respond. I saw your inquiry. Don't worry about it. This one's pro bono. Like there has to be some fucking creep one on the internet. Who's here for that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we've definitely seen some telepaths here a little bit creep one. Uh huh. I mean, eh. Yeah, and I think season five is probably going to have more. I'm just guessing. I'm, There's a lot more a telepaths guess. in season five. <laughs> Spoilers. 
So this guy's been stewing on this shit for like 20 years. Right. And his brother agrees to the scan. Lita goes in and she has like a little vision, but it is not of an affair for sure. No. Nope. She has some visions that are very distracting and terrifying to her. While we get cuts of Ivanova finding the thing in hyperspace, they use the breadcrumb trick from, I want to say, season two. Yeah, I'm, I liked that nice callback that when we went and uh, rescued Captain Sheridan's friend, right? Yeah, they find the ship that is directly from Lita's visions. They show us some of the unique architecture and symbology on the ship, demonstrate that it's the same, and then they tow it back to Epsilon 3, and uh, Lita watches from the observation lounge before she gets pulled into a vision of Babylon 5 in a state that I can only describe as evil dead-esque. <laughs> Indeed. This ship is so large, we have to move the jump gates apart, I guess. That's yeah. the way I took what Corwin said. Yeah, it's a big boy. It's a yeah. lot of space. It's like they're jumping a jump gate almost. Yeah, weird. <laughs> hey, if our video had been better do you think we were supposed to recognize on any of these shots they mentioned later that there's Vorlon writing on it any idea if we would have seen that it was like lots of blue glowing squigglies so mm. maybe yeah I don't know that I could pick Vorlon out of yeah. a pile of alien languages because um, we've only seen it a teeny tiny bit from Kasha's ship right yeah and I have, like, a very, like, you know how there's people who have, like, perfect pitch? Like, that's a thing. Yeah, sure. They're, like, your brain is trained a certain way where you can do those things. I do not have perfect pitch. But you can show me a language, and I can almost universally identify it within, like, three attempts. Ooh, even though I don't speak any of those languages. I don't know how. I don't know why. It's just a weird skill that I have. Yeah, um, instead of relative pitch, you have relative language. Yeah, like written language. Like you show me written language. I am uh -huh, very right. adept at just going, it's this. And I don't think I could do Vorlon out of a pile of miscellaneous Babylon 5 alien tech. Like we've seen it like three times, tops. Yeah. And it's always low def squiggles on the side of a ship that's literally got moving skin. So. Yeah, yeah. that's the reboot upgrade I want. Give me more Vorlon. Yeah. Veer speaks to Sheridan Delenn on behalf of the League of Non-Aligned Worlds who want in on the salvage operation. Uh, they are turned down because too many cooks. Too many cooks. Too many cooks. It's nice that Veer's in this one, isn't it? Yeah. He sort of got cheated out of the last movie. Yeah. <laughs> Londo's out. I guess... Where's Chikar? Yeah, not on the point. station either. Yeah. Um, they might be on Centauri Prime at this point. I think it's a little bit late for that in story. I think that has been resolved in story mm -hmm. by this point, but not maybe they're not back yet. I don't remember when they get back. Maybe it's in yeah. atonement. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's still nice that Veer gets a movie moment. Good for him. Yeah. Dylan and John discuss like are you sure, John, that this isn't just your desire to nuke the unknown coming through? And he's all like, mm, I don't think so. 
And Dolan's like, are you sure? Because I think it is. And Mimbari don't lie, except when they do or it's convenient for the plot. Right. And Sheridan <laughs> continues to deny until she walks away and he goes, yeah. Yeah, I do just want to nuke the unknown, don't I? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, why shouldn't I nuke it? It's mine. Mine, 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 Zach notices some weapon fire. Uh, is this the first time we've seen Zach in a Star Fury? I did not I know he was a pilot. Is. Yeah, everybody's a pilot on Babylon 5. If you are an officer in Earth Force, mm-hmm. I would mm-hmm. believe that you have to be a pilot. Sure, yeah. That makes sense to me. Um, They're like cars at this point, right? Like yeah. you've got to be able to handle a vehicle in the military. So, yeah. Yeah. I'd buy it. They all describe the ship as beautiful. Everyone's all like, oh, the ship's so beautiful. And I'm I all wish like, I could see it. Right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's all like, what the yeah. fuck are they looking at? Because it's not this artifacted CGI bullshit I've got on my screen right now. Beautiful is not one of the adjectives that came up. <laughs> they send a drone over and it gets its batteries zapped to try when it makes contact with the ship. And then interplanetary expeditions shows up i mean it makes sense sheridan should be a lot angrier about this right for sure (laughs) he sees an opportunity i think yeah to get garibaldi some more cooking ingredients outside of the means of the post office maybe maybe mend that (laughs) friendship a little bit yeah sure sure he should at least mention his dead wife who worked for them, right? <laughs> yeah, you'd think that would come up in casual conversation. I mean, it does at some point. I don't think it does in this scene. But I, yeah. I do remember him bringing her up, and I have it marked because it was an odd thing to do at that time. But we'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> After this, we cut over to Lita, and she has gone full the shinin. No TV and no beer make Homer something something. Yeah, she's not going to get her deposit back on these quarters. No. Well, they were Spartan anyways, and she had Mm -hmm. to move. So maybe it's for the best. I wonder if that happens in Atonement. Maybe I should have gone back and watched Atonement. (laughs) That could have been fun. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) well. Just watch the first scene, pause, watch this movie, and then question why you're watching Babylon 5, and then eventually get back to Atonement. Yeah. Yeah, that's a fun way to go. So Dr. Elizabeth Trent is the yeah. head IPX person. Yeah. Do, uh, do you know who this is? Oh, tell me. I don't. This is Shari Belafonte, Harry Belafonte's daughter. Oh, neat. Yeah. I thought when I saw her not in her makeup wig combo for this, when I just saw her actor screenshot, I was like, oh, she looks familiar. But I didn't she did some far. stuff. She had a singing career for a minute. Sure. Yeah, she did some stuff, but she is needlessly casually shitty to Australia's Aborigines population here. And oh, I'm just going to call yeah. that out for our friends in Australia who theoretically yeah. listen to this podcast because that was fucking rude. It was rude. Two of our Australian listeners. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Ryan's hey, like, who's was- the other one? <laughs> uh <laughs> Sheridan offers IPX some terms here. First dibs, nothing weaponizable gets back to Earth. And since they're already breaking the embargo to be there, they can bring some supplies along with them. Reasonable. Bring your own stuff. BYOB. So they agree and they start setting up some shop inside 
five here. And Ivanova wants to resort to murder in this scene. We are 25 minutes in and I have Mm -hmm. to say, I understand. Yeah. 25 (laughs) minutes into this movie. Murder sounds plausible. (laughs) She's done with third space. Well, she's done with people really. Uh, (laughs) Which, you know, we we spent the budget on a lot of extras again, and I guess I understand. There's a lot of people in that scene. Yeah. Uh, I honestly thought here when Franklin and Dr. Trent briefly interact that they were about to get flirty and we were about to have another, like, Franklin romantic <laughs> subplot, and I was a little scared. That would give him too much to do in this movie. <laughs> too much to do that would make more sense. Yep. <laughs> Lita wakes up in the middle of a nightmare to find another stuck in elevator small talk with Zach Allen. Real case oh of the Mondays God. on that one. Oh, Javer. Javer. I know. I know. The scene. He <laughs> totally misses how much he was being ignored before he starts professing his love. And it just mm-hmm. gets worse and worse. This is somehow a more awkward elevator scene than Evangelion I didn't think it was possible I was taking notes pretty diligently on this movie but at this point I just started writing this is awful why would you do that why would you touch her oh god please stop talking oh my god let's all pretend this didn't happen it's so bad so the series it's gone (laughs) I've spoken before but sometimes I have to take pauses in my note taking when I'm watching an episode to go do things when an episode's bad Mm because I just don't have the gumption I watched this movie in four blocks I could not make it more than about 25 minutes at any given time Uh I went grocery shopping in between blocks it's like I need to like I watched 25 minutes I need to get out of the house I went grocery shopping one of my blocks I went out back and cut down a tree in my backyard (laughs) Uh, I did laundry I cooked a very fancy dinner that took like an hour and a half. Is this one point where you had to stop? Like, yeah, yes. (laughs) I think this is where I I went grocery shopping. Maybe this is where I cut down the tree. I forget which, but it would have been grocery shopping because I did that. I started watching this episode at like 930 in the morning. And I was, it's like, I'm like looking at my phone and it's 10 and I'm like, oh, Aldi just opened. I can finally leave. (laughs) (laughs) It's played for chuckles. And I know that this was a, the world at the time. Oh, what a great excuse. The world of the time. It's so tough because it's it's like. So bad. It's, why is it funny? It's funny because people really acted like this like dudes would Act. really miss it yeah i, I tried to tense. put it in the past tense but i am being way too charitable uh, like yep. i just when these things are played for chuckles i have a hard time with it because it's like well you know it's funny to the guy who wrote it it's not always funny to the girls who live it hey. girls and women <sighs> anyway uh, we cut over to some guy putting some beams up around the artifact. And at this <laughs> point, I was like, this guy is going to die, right? <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> yeah. No, fake me out a little. But yep. I wrote, beam guy is going to die. <laughs> <laughs> we get, yeah, so there's the power outage. There's a, a bunch of drones flying straight for the artifact that, that beam guy sees. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Star Furies destroy them as Zack and security get uh, to investigate and they find Alita in a exhausted cold sweat is responsible and then she collapses. I feel like a third of this movie's $3 million budget went to keeping Pat Tallman moist. Like it is disgusting <laughs> how sweaty she is this entire fucking movie. I feel like a lot of work was also put into mussing her wig, or maybe she's got multiple wigs, like yeah. must up wig and multiple regular wig. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Here's like fainting scene wig and <laughs> elevator scene wig. Just that wig budget, just getting out of hand. And then this IPX feels this is a great time to give us a plot dump on what happened to Lita in between the pilot and when we saw her again in season two. Yeah, it is so good of them to remind us, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is all just to remind, tell us that she has Vorlon enhanced telepathy. Uh, I think that is a sign that we should like listen to her, right? <laughs> yes, she's literally she's more in tune the with the universe. Why are we ignoring her? Yes, like. Franklin, when he's examining Lita, says that, oh, well, telepaths are more prone to like sleepwalking and just just dismisses it in his doctor way. And, oh, we Mm -hmm. should probably keep you under observation. Oh, they should absolutely not let her be anywhere but med lab, right? They should watch her like a hawk. (laughs) 100%. We are 40 minutes in and we still only have two spaces. Yeah, where's our third space? It's coming. Oh, speaking of the wig budget. Speaking (laughs) of the wig budget, I did notice that we had a really nice wig on Ivanova at one point while she's in her uniform. We had like some cascading curls going down the back. And I was like, Mm -hmm. this isn't the wig for the uniform, I think. But okay. Was it the gratuitous nightgown wig? It was like that, but maybe they'd pinned it back a little. And I was like, yeah. Okay, that's our new daytime look on duty. I like it. (laughs) IPX starts to prod at the artifact. And sure enough, some inhabitants at the station start to take a turn for the zombie-esque. Security reports on weird gatherings and outbursts. Zach, for a guy who professionally jumps to conclusions much faster than he should, refuses to do so here. (laughs) It's the it's so out of character for him. He's like the guy who's all like, "Oh, it's this," mm-hmm. all the time. And of, and, of course, it starts in down below, right? And that's yeah. the perfect place for Zach to jump to some sort of conclusion oh, about those for people. Sure. Yeah, a hundred percent. And yet, <laughs> randos on the station continue to see shit, and then it's Ivanova's turn in her dreams. She wakes up on the set of a Prince music video on the day that the fog machine broke. Uh, She Mm. finds Veer in her dreams as well, who confirms this is in fact a Prince music video when he's surrounded by beautiful Centauri women. (laughs) With their hands all over him. I guess we know what Veer's like secret desires are. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, She wakes up just before a tentacle monster gets her. Thou shalt love the tentacle. I don't know what else to call it. A bunch of extras gather and the IPX guy is just trying to take his lunch break uh, when they tell him to speed up the plot because it's taking forever and we're at like two and a half spaces tops right now. (laughs) 
<laughs> this guy just trying to have his lunch, just trying right. to get through the the spaces. Nope, uh, not, not good enough. Time. Everyone's a critic. Is all I'm saying. Well, I am. That's. I guess that's like our not job. <laughs> mm. Our hobby is critic. Oh, that oh, makes no. me feel bad. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> No, 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 our, our hobby is podcasting, right? It's oh, for sure. Yeah. Sure. As a nearly middle-aged white male, I a hundred percent get to say my hobby is podcasting and have no one blink. <laughs> <laughs> like, of course it is. Course Obviously. It is. How many podcasts do you record in your basement with two other white dudes, Jafar? And I'm all like, hey, that podcast died, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you've branched out a little, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. It's good. And I'm partial to your new co-hosts, so. That's uh, fair. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're we're like 30 minutes through podcast, and we're still at... Two, two, spaces. two spaces maybe two and a half there's this weird yeah. if, if the telepathic version of the third space counts yeah, i suppose but uh sheridan tells us he puts us in time in the movie and says it's been mm -hmm. five days yeah only five days and he gives dr trent shit about how slow the plot's moving too this is where i wrote down his reference to his wife anna at this, mm -hmm. you know obviously in the show we've gotten another wife but yeah anyway he thinks he's an expert on Zito archaeology because he's heard his wife talk about this sort of thing and lists off all the things that Dr. Tritt should have done by now because he heard his wife talk about it once yep. or twice. That, uh, not to go back to the well so soon, but as a middle-aged <laughs> white man, when you hear someone talk about something and you pay two-thirds of the attention you should to it, you become an expert in it de facto, so... It, yeah. It's pretty great. I don't know if that's exclusive to American versions of the nearly middle-aged white male or not, but it definitely is the case here. I'm sure you could tell Beth's coworkers how to do their jobs, right? Because you've heard Beth talk about her work. Oh, yeah, for sure. You should just trust me with your animal's medicine needs. <laughs> mm -hmm. Please don't. Yeah, you should go run the training department, right? <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure aaron could just do somebody's taxes because he's heard me talk about it like, oh yeah yeah he's sitting there looking at a 1090 going assets plus liability equals equity what is that what it was <laughs> i know it was ale because i remember the beer <laughs> yeah <laughs> right. exactly nailed it <laughs> mm. Accounting so. jokes. <laughs> hey, in our next scene, did you see that we have a uh, repeat character? Yeah, it's uh, what's his name? I didn't write it down. Deuce, we wrote it down. Deuce, good call. I Deuce didn't catch returns. this one. Aaron caught this one. He was like, "No, that's the guy who did the thing," and he googled it. He brought the Nocaline feeder on board way back in the day. Yeah, you got to wonder if. These aliens kind of look like those aliens. Like when mm. we get to see them in a bit, there's a yeah. size discrepancy and they're by no means exactly the same, but just in like general form and function, there tends to be some, some similarities to their bodies. Maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just the chamomile CBD sleeping. Do you think the, the CBD feeder sleeping. comes from third space? 
hey, <laughs> that's not enough to make this movie interesting, but it is a theory. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like it as a theory. Deuce was apparently trying to pull a Sheridan and just go for a walk outside. Yeah, he just needed to get some fresh air in the vacuum. Or in the city. All that nice, fresh city air. <laughs> but his talking about the city really spooks Ivanova. Yeah, the city in the dreams. Where the king in yellow sleeps, you know? That shit. <laughs> You're going over my head with that one. <laughs> that is a Lovecraftian horror reference. Oh, that would be why. Mm. Oh, yeah. we could have like put some like Lovecraftian business in this movie. We could have, but the less we talk about Lovecraft, the better off we are. Like love oh, okay. discussing Lovecraftian horror as like a concept. Uh -huh. It is unfortunately uh -huh. named after him. Uh and he's bad, isn't he? Oh, just look up what he named his cat, I think. And don't actually just don't. It's not just know that it's racist and you're good. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's, it's the, you're good. You don't need to, you don't need to actually Google it. Internet. Yeah. That's one like, I don't know, genre that's never appealed to me because horror isn't my thing. So mm -hmm. like never got into it. Never gave him the time of day. Yeah. If you like the idea of Lovecraftian horror and you want to, partake but you don't want to deal with lovecraft stephen king most of his stuff fits okay. solid pick sure. uh, also final fantasy 10 is lovecraftian horror and that is the hill i will die on but <laughs> i don't have time to get into that yeah yeah no we got a lot of space left to get through yeah we are not even in third spaces yet so over at ipxhq dr trent ignores the warning signs from number two to push the issue and gives us our titular statement explaining, hey, we think this is a type of hyperspace gate, but not to hyperspace, but to some third space. Oh, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how Dr. Trent came to these conclusions. Like, what finds did they make Word. that led to this? Mm -hmm. I want a scene on that rather than dragging another dream sequence that's an exclusive to throw Claudia Christian in a nightgown. Like... There, there were definitely things we could have cut here that were not required for the plot overall and maybe given us some explanation or IPX maybe doing their job instead of just being weird. I don't know. Uh, yeah, this is one spot that I wrote a big beef and is like, how does she know this? We don't explain it. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's a lot of telling and not showing a bugaboo for me. I like to be shown the thing and have to think about the thing. Instead, she's just telling me like, Here's what it is. Yeah. Here's what I think it is. We have not seen her deduce it in any way. No. The if we feel like devil's advocating for just a moment, she's already under control at this point of the third space oh, aliens so? and is just saying the things to make people open it up or just knows mm -hmm. them because of that. But we should see her like have a dream sequence or do something or interact at all because we never see mm -hmm. her. In zombie mode, we never see her in the dream sequences. We never see her in any of that stuff that we get for all the other characters that are taken over. So uh -huh. that's still lazy. It's still hey, bad writing. You want to know something crazy? What? I didn't think she ever got taken over. <laughs> like, I, I really didn't. I thought that she was just I think it's, it's debatable. Yeah. It's debatable whether or not she did. She could have just killed her coworker who was trying to stop her. And then just lied to Sheridan about being taken over because it's convenient. 
I think it's almost more effective if you go that direction with her, but it's very ambiguous the way that it was yeah. taken in the end. And to have that ambiguity, I feel like we need the scene of her actually doing her fucking job instead of just being a lazy project manager who sends an email every 20 minutes asking for a status update. Right. <sighs> Anyways. <laughs> That's not the voice of experience at all. <laughs> no, nope, never happened. Anyways, Vera and Ivanova meet in a lift and discuss their shared dream, but it's too late. The power cell reaches the artifact, turns it on, blowing up all kinds of stuff surrounding it. And also awakening or putting to sleep a bunch of station designants who are now all gathered at Space TSA as Zach tries to corral them all. Hey, this is where the beam guy got it, right? Yes. He definitely bit the dust, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So we spent like an hour to get to this point, And now the plot yeah. races for 30 minutes instead of just like pacing things properly. I If I cared even a little bit maybe i'd even try and re-edit this into an hour-long episode that makes more sense but that's way more work than this deserves i really wanted to enjoy the suspense and the build-up but there kept being those things that took me out of it like i was like i see what you're trying to do here mm -hmm. i i see what you're going for but there were just little things that kept pulling me away from it yeah you know what would be a good idea at this point, Jafar? Not falling asleep in my notebook. <laughs> <laughs> well, that too. But I think maybe somebody should go check on Lita. <laughs> well, before we do that, Sharon and Ivanova okay. have to West Wing us a status update about the power drain. And in this two minutes here... It's gone mm -hmm. from Zach having it under control to Zach calling for a complete station shutdown and curfew being instilled. And like yeah. he's gone from it's fine, we've got this under control to martial law in literally two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> like, the yeah, he's really takes, president clerking it. Yeah. The time it takes Sheridan and Ivanova to walk down a hallway. I really like that president clerking it. <laughs> it's gone from bad to significantly worse. Yeah, for sure. The Star Furies finally launch, ready to attack at maximum distance and do a whole lot of nothing. But Delenn arrives at the same time as John at Lita's quarters, who is all Vorlon eyes as the Star Furies are completely ineffective. And Lita tells us that this artifact is basically the Vorlon equivalent of the Hellraiser puzzle box. Jesus wept. Yeah. I like how we've decided that there is a station-wide curfew and Zach broadcasted it from his wrist, mm -hmm. right? And Delenn's instinct is, I must go. <laughs> 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 now I must go to talk to Lita. All that shit from the episode, the actual episode before this, where they were talking about Delenn and uh, Sheridan's personal feelings about their exceptionalism and how the rules didn't apply to them. Uh -huh. Huh. About that. <laughs> the dormant Vorlon memory in Lita warns of what would be let into one space that they found in two space coming from third space. Yeah. Uh, we don't get a name for these aliens. But for some fucking reason, there's a novelization of this movie <laughs> Oh, in really? which they're called Harbingers. Okay. It's 
spooky yeah whatever things yeah. do not look good for our star fury pilots but talking to this little bit of vorlon gives sheridan some vorlon ex machina <laughs> vorlon solve everything yeah i really wanted to call this deus ex vorlonica but i know that's not how the language is structured and that doesn't mm, make true. sense it's god of the we vorlons have- so we have a few listeners who would call you on it. So yeah, and uh, <laughs> but I want to say that Deus Ex Vorlonica is a better sounding joke, but it is incorrect. It sounds like an album. Ooh, like the B five to write that album. Yeah, get them on that. <laughs> Doctor Trent gets a visit from Ivanova, who says Bill was going to try and stop the Star Furies and attacked her. None of which lines up with what we saw. And Ivanova catches up with the audience and jumps in the line, kicking Dr. Trent's ass. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice to see Ivanova get yeah. a little fight in her. You know that she was just like showboating when she asks why the PPG burn is on his back. Yeah. Because if you were concerned at all, you wouldn't say that, right? No. You start kicking. You're right. But she has to showboat a little. She do. Such is her way. She's allowed. For sure. The third space portal opens further and a collected Ranger fleet, I'm assuming it's Mimbari Cruisers and White Stars, pop up as Sheridan grabs his favorite toy out of the box, the tactical nuke. I love that we keep him in a briefcase. The fleet engages the Harbingers as the captain in a EV suit Makes his way towards the gate. Uh-huh. I'm I'm guessing that they're sensors. Sensors. Yes, that's right. It sounds right to me. Me too. Are not specific or not fine tuned enough to identify one dude in an EV suit. Is what the Vorlons <laughs> told him. Uh, unless bonkers. the Vorlons were just like, you know what? We should have gotten a scene of just cautious memory, just going. Nuke the bitch. (laughs) (laughs) The truth points at itself. We cut to inside the station where Franklin is tending to the wounded and a stuntman is having way too much fun as a Narn punching while fighting with one arm on fire. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's where some of the budget went too. Yeah. Veer and everyone else are now fighting. Uh, what would have made this scene so much better and this movie in general is if for no explanation at all, Marcus is just randomly kicking the shit out of people in the background here. Like, we don't know yeah. if he's taken over. We don't know if he's defending himself. Just in the background, just taking out dudes left and right. Sheridan sneaks around the back in a hole in the shield. He navigates his way to the Death Star 2 core and plants the nuke. I think this was supposed to be impressive again, right? The CGI. It was supposed to look good. And not just be blue. Uh It's just blue. And then when he gets to the place, the core, wherever that he's planting this thing, Mm -hmm. the walls are so paper mache, right? (laughs) Yeah. One of the harbingers pops out as he tries to escape. He makes it out. The fleet disengages. The nuke goes off. He rides the blast wave back towards the station. And I've got to ask, Laura, 
Uh-huh. Nukes seem to be the answer to a lot of ancient race problems. Yeah. Why? It's very strange. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. if nukes are such an effective weapon that they mm-hmm. take out Zaha Doom and this ship, are like, mm-hmm. do shields just stop nukes? Is that what shields do? Why aren't we just launching nuclear warheads in space constantly in space battles? Are we? And we just don't. It just doesn't have the same impact for some reason. Like, this is a briefcase mm-hmm. size nuke. They're launching fucking giant ass shells that are glowing in space. Like, I got to imagine those could be nuclear warheads. Why can we only let Sheridan use nukes and they're the most effective thing in the universe, especially mm-hmm. against Ancient One technology? Where it's like, you would think that this is like very rudimentary. Like, maybe that's why. Yeah. I guess maybe I'm answering my own question, but it just seems redundant. It, it it seems really strange that it's like, because generally in sci-fi we're imagining bigger and different things. And it's like, well, we have the nuke now. Yeah. We can do that now. <laughs> also like in the movie that they just made concurrently slash after this slash before this, I don't know the production order. Like, we see them in Bari opening up warp gates inside of ships to destroy them. Mm. Like they do that to earth all the time. Why does no one do that anymore? Did that get banned in the Geneva space convention (laughs) and nukes didn't? (laughs) I could see in this instance, there being some sort of hand wavy argument that, well, opening a jump gate to, or a jump point into hyperspace doesn't affect the third space thing. Yeah. But yeah, why have we why don't we do it more often elsewhere? Yeah. <laughs> Delenn will pick up John when she gets around to it. Dr. Trent turns over all of her research from the past few days, deciding to go on an extended leave. And uh-huh. Sheridan buries the truth. Uh, and John is just like, hey, this is not likely to ever be a problem again, but just in case. Well, Lita is like next week on Babylon five, the Vorlons fucked up 10,000 years ago again. I feel like Dr. Trent got like a light ribbing from From, Sheridan for murdering a dude for murdering a dude. And I don't think it's clear that she was under the influence. I agree. I feel like there should be some consequences other than just like, I guess you can go now. Yeah, yeah. she should have to suffer something terrible, like watching this fucking movie. <laughs> he he sort of latches onto her crime as like not explaining herself earlier. And I'm like, no, there's a lot of crime in there. And not explaining herself is actually quite a big one. <laughs> yeah. For uh, sure. Well, okay. well, we did it. We got through third space. We saw all mm-hmm. three spaces. And two of them make sense. One of one did of we, them makes sense for sure. I was going to say, did we even really see third space? We saw like hallucinations no. of third space. We don't even know if that was hallucinations of thir- that. That could have just been their home world or like where oh, they live. True. Like mm-hmm. we don't. They, do they live in third space or do they just travel through third space? And the second someone else did, they're like, fuck, let's go. Because they could just be from another galaxy or dimension. They're not really clear on it. They're not really clear Mm -hmm. on fucking anything in this whole movie, which is part of the problem. Yeah. Like, I'm cool (laughs) with 
Dr. Trent being taken over or not being ambiguous, mm-hmm. but the entire plot and every single thing that matters in the movie being ambiguous, not good. It's just, well, it's time to rate it so we can say what it is. Okay. Do you want to go first? You oh. seem to have some strong feels. I, I've, rate, I've rated episodes poorly before, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I've given out some twos. I think maybe a one and a half, maybe even a one. In all of those, I still, hey, I watched an episode of Babylon 5. This is so bad that it's past the point of being bad and fun. Like, because there's like, there's like a scale, right? And it's all like, this is Mm, like, there's things that are bad. And there's things that are so bad that they're fun. That's good. And then it, goes to a point where it's just so bad it's unwatchable and unenjoyable in any way this is drab this drags this is downright boring this gets zero babylons from me i award you no points and may god have mercy on your soul no babylon not a single babylon not even the exploded leftovers of babylon one (laughs) not even the debris yeah wow man i didn't feel as like strongly about this i i was kind of looking at this movie from this lens okay okay i was thinking that this movie was us getting a chance to redo infection like what if infection but bigger okay and longer movie style yeah and uh, I do appreciate the thing that this these both of these movies have done where we've brought back like random characters from elsewhere in the series. Like mm-hmm. we have Deuce and this movie comes back and then, uh, well, of course, not a super random character, but we had him in the beginning. I felt some of the suspense. It just kept taking me out of it in different spots. And some of it was just kind of funny, like the zombie people <laughs> staring and Yeah. I don't I wish I could remember what I rated infection. I don't think it was high. But for me I was like, okay, well we've tried to like redeem infection and I wish that the effects were better and I wish that all of these things that we have picked apart were a little bit different or better. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I can't give it zero Babylons. Maybe one and a half. Have I given a one and a half? Uh, probably. I, I will admit I had a two written. And uh-huh. while we were talking, I crossed it out and wrote zero. Yeah. So maybe. Whatever I gave infection, this has got to be like half above that. Can can we get it like <laughs> N equals infection? And this is N plus 0.5. Yeah. N plus 0.5. <laughs> Babylons. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, Ryan's gonna go crazy. He's gonna not like <laughs> your that. scale means nothing. <laughs> <laughs> this gets zero. But yums. Ryan, we want to know: is it yum or is it yum yum? <laughs> <laughs> have they done third space? I'm gonna have to go look now. I don't believe so, but maybe. I hope okay, not. Well, I'll go I, I wouldn't I'll wish you know. this upon anyone. <laughs> Well, I had a great time talking about it with you. Yes, talking about it was significantly better than watching it. I hope that you, the listener, have had as much fun 
ragging on third space with us as yes. we have. So, listener, I, I messed up a couple episodes ago, and I'm going to own up to that right now. Um, oh, yes. We got to reschedule some things. Yes. I had misplaced when River of Souls aired and also takes place. So, originally, we were going to be covering River of Souls next week and then take our two-week break and then go into Season 5. But we're going to move River of Souls to a more apt place in the chronology of the show and also closer in line with its air date. Not exactly the same. We're not going to place it in between some episodes, but the plan is to do river of souls after season five now. Okay. Um, so we're going to, after this, we're going on our two week break now. So we'll be back December 6th uh, with our mm -hmm. starting of our coverage of Season 5, Episode 1, No Compromises. As Captain Lockley takes command of Babylon 5, Sheridan is inaugurated as president of the Interstellar Alliance, a telepath thwarts an assassination attempt on Sheridan. Two weeks, December mm. 6th, we'll have that episode. And then we're going to do all Season 5, Season 5 recap. Then we're going to do River Souls, Road Home. We're going to take a week off, just one come back with book club psychor three take a week off and then come back with call to arms and then crusade so we're still taking our two-week break but we're splitting it up over three weeks and putting an episode out in the middle just so that way we don't have to watch two movies and read a novel at the same time because frankly that's yeah. so much fucking note-taking for a podcast for three weeks in a row that mm -hmm. we're gonna have the thing that happened on psychor book one happen again where i didn't it, i read two chapters and just fucking winged it for the episode. So two, two movies was a lot in a row. Two movies yeah. was a lot in a row. So we'll do it again <laughs> in, <laughs> in May of next year. That's a problem for future us. Yeah. We'll be fine. We'll be fine. And, uh, but that's the plan now. So sorry about that. If you're really looking forward to river of souls, we'll see you in six months, but everyone else, two weeks, season five. We'll get it. Get it. But before we get there, we have to thank Jeremy Siegel. Oh, we do. Yeah. Thank you, Jeremy Siegel, for your hard work on our podcast theme. And I don't usually say this part, and so I'm forgetting what has to be said. Yeah, we we, we <laughs> just kind of slip. Uh, you can find more of Jeremy's work at jeremysiegel42.bandcamp.com or on all of your streaming services as Nuclear Jaguar. And thank you to Angry Duck Time Machine on Instagram for our podcast artwork. Thanks, Aaron, for editing our podcast. We really made this episode at Aaron. We did a lot of talking to him that I think is going to get cut out. I sure hope. <laughs> we'll see. It's not our decision anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thanks so much for editing the podcast and making us sound coherent. Really appreciate it. And thank you to you, the listener, for being here with us in the third space. Ooh. If you want to join us in another space, you can hop onto our Discord. You can just email at us at who are you? b5 at gmail.com we'll get you to that discord mm -hmm. or you can just share your thoughts with us there that's fine too yeah all right well we'll see you in a few weeks listener take care bye bye